All right, so we've been talking about the secret to powerful prayer, and I'm just going to take three more Sundays, this Sunday, next Sunday, the following Sunday, to still just stay on the topic of prayer, just for three more Sundays. I don't, honestly, I don't think you can talk enough about it. Prayer is, you know, just incredible, uh, because it's only incredible if you pray to incredible God. Prayer in and of itself isn't, is neutral, unless you connect it to the right source. And so we, we praying to God is just an, an unbelievable thing. And since God is so endless and infinite and multifaceted, then praying to him is endless and unbelievable and, and just incredible. And so it's, it's worth and worthy uh, of study. And so um, we talked about the secret of praying powerfully uh, and so we're going to spend this Sunday and next Sunday talking about four prayers that Jesus likes. Four prayers that Jesus likes. We'll cover two of them this Sunday and the next two the next Sunday. And then we'll end the third Sunday with three types of prayers that we find in the Bible. So let's pray. And I'm going to pray for Jessica's travel because we forgot to pray about that uh, as I start off this. Lord, I just pray for Jessica she needs to get to Seattle, Lord Jesus. I pray that you'd supply the means for her to be able to get there and back. Lord Jesus, you can do, you're limitless. There's nothing, nothing too hard for you, Lord God. And so I uh, pray that you take care of that. And then we also pray, oh Lord, for this uh, time together that your word would minister to us and get into our hearts and, and uh, make us into the people that you want us to be, to be. Help us to begin to pray differently, Lord God. Help us to begin to pray differently. When we pray differently, everything begins to change. And I can attest to that personally because I've been practicing what we're about to talk about. And I've seen a huge difference. And I thank you, Lord, for it. In your name I ask it. Amen. Amen. So four prayers that Jesus likes. Here they are. Jesus likes today prayers. He likes today prayers. He likes it. We're going to talk about that one, so I won't jump into that one. Secondly... Jesus likes May prayers, M-A-Y, not the month May, but May prayers. We're going to talk about that one today as well. Number three, next Sunday, Jesus likes pole vaulting prayers, and I'll share with you what that means next Sunday. And, and then fourthly, Jesus likes in prayers, I-N prayers, and we'll talk about that next Sunday. So let's start off on today prayers. Uh, these are the prayers that Jesus likes. Um, all this is is just the Bible, so I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not stretching the word. I'm not pushing the word. I'm just reading it, and this is what I see. And then what I do, did you know it's okay to experiment with spiritual things as long as they're godly spiritual things? You don't want to be dabbling in the occult or doing palmry. I'm not suggesting that, but when God gives you a spiritual concept, experiment with it. Try it out. See if it works. The Bible says, taste and see that I'm good. Try it out. See if it works. And so I experiment with the God's stuff all the time, and it works. And if it works, then I say, okay, now I'm on to something. I'm going to keep doing this, right? And so I encourage you to experiment with these four types of prayers, starting with these first two. Today prayers. All right. So Matthew 6.11 says, um, this is the Lord's Prayer. So the disciples, his, Jesus' 12 disciples came to Jesus, and they noticed that the way Jesus prayed was powerful. They noticed 
that everything he did had something to do with the way that he prayed. The Bible says that Jesus would get, he would, because he was famous. You got to face it. Jesus was the most famous person in Israel at that point in time. He was a, he had a a cult-like following, all right? I don't want to compare the Son of God to any cults, but he had people that would just throng to, he was famous. And so his disciples noticed this, that Jesus would get off by himself. And the only time that he had usually was in the middle of the night. And so he would get off by himself, go up on a mountainside and talk to his father. And and his disciples realized that that was the secret to Jesus's powerful life, effective life, successful life. And so they came to him. They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. How do you pray? I want to know how to do it so that I can have the same successful prayer life. And so there in in Matthew 6, Jesus teaches them how to pray. And one part of the Lord's prayer is this one. In verse 11, it says, give us today our daily bread. We're talking about today prayers. Give us today our daily bread. Uh, Did you know more times than not, God wants you to pray your prayers and say, do it today. And that's exactly the opposite of what we're taught in church. Don't tell God when, don't tell God how, just tell him what you need. I'm telling you, 90% of the time or more, you need to ask God today for what you're asking for. There are those things that in God's timing will happen, but for the most part, God wants to answer your prayers today, and that's very good news. That is very, very good news. Listen to this, Lamentations 3, 22 and 20, uh, 23. It says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to end. Listen to this in verse 23. They are new every morning. Every morning. Every day, God wants to answer a prayer of yours or two or ten of yours. If you would just pray it, if I would just pray, we would just pray our prayers, he would answer them that very day. He says, great is your faithfulness. All right? So the secret here is to figure out what prayers does God routinely want to answer that very day and get on the the, uh, train and start praying those prayers do it today. You know how good it feels to pray and say, Jesus, blah, 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 whatever your ask, request is, and do it today. And I believe it will be done today. You know how good that would feel? That would revolutionize the way that we pray. Because we would have faith like crazy that I don't have to wait around to see this thing happen, whatever it is. Granted, there's some things that take a while, But I'm telling you, most of the time, God wants to answer today, all right? So my point here is we need, I'll tell you what prayers God always wants to answer today are those that have a spiritual nature to them, having to do with your attitude and your heart, having to do with, say, the fruits of the Spirit. God wants to answer those prayers today. You don't have to wait around. You don't have to wait around. And I'm going to give you several different examples. But let's, let's, let's look at this first set of scriptures in 1 Samuel 17, verses 45 through 47. Here's little old puny David. He's still either a teenager, maybe a young adult. He's confronting that nine-foot Goliath guy. Have you heard that story? David and Goliath? I mean, 
most everybody has heard that story. And here's David. He's, conf- he's walked up the Philistine close enough to where they can hear each other, all right? And he begins to talk to him, and David talks to, the, to, to Goliath, and he says this in uh, 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. It says, you come against me with sword, with spear, with javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Verse 46, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. This day. You can speak to your addictions and say, this day God has given you into my hand. All right? You're struggling with pornography. You can say, this day God has given you into my hand. I'm going to defeat you. He goes on. He says, I'm going to strike you down and cut your head off. You know what? We need to get kind of gruesome sometimes whenever we're praying and believe in the blood and guts, the spiritual blood and guts that goes on in our prayer life. I'm going to cut the enemy's head off. He says, this very day, he goes on, this very day, I'm going to give the carcass of the Philistine army over to the birds and the wild animals. The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All of those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. He will give all of you into our hands, in parentheses, today. (laughs) Today. It's time to get serious with God. Because God is serious. He's just waiting for you to get serious. He's waiting for me to get serious. In Hebrews 4, 6, here's another scripture that's just unbelievable. We're talking about rest. And just so you know, my, my goal this year is to learn how to rest in the Lord. That's what he put in my mind. He said, Steve, I want you to spend long periods of time waiting on me, enjoying my presence, walking with me, talking to me, and resting in me resting. What's the opposite of rest? Well, it's worry. It's fretting. It's planning. It's trying to figure everything out. And God's saying, don't try to figure it out. Just rest in me. And so look at this in view of what I just described. Hebrews 4, 6, it says, therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest and ask yourselves, are you that person? You haven't entered into God's rest yet. You're always striving, always trying to control things and manipulate things and get things your way. Are you that person or have you finally entered into God's rest and said, I'm going to let God do the controlling. I'm going to let God try to figure things out. So it says, are you one of those people? Since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them, the good news of rest, all right, did not go in because of their disobedience. Well, what disobedience? What's this talking about? It's talking about the disobedience of being a control freak and saying, I'm going to do it my way, and everybody in my sphere of influence is going to do it my way. That's disobedient. That's saying, no, it's not going to happen that way. And therefore, you're not going to enter God's rest. But when you chill out a little bit, you say, you know what? I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to wait and I'm going to let him take the lead in these situations, then you rest. You can enter into God's rest. And it says, um, therefore, excuse me, in verse 7, God again set a certain day, calling it what? Today. I can enter into God's rest today. I can learn that lesson right now. You say, well, then I'm going to wake up worried again tomorrow morning. Well, relearn the lesson again. 
day in, day out. His mercies are new every day. Today I'm going to enter into God's rest. Um, This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. It says, today, if you hear my voice, don't harden your hearts. So you can say, today, God, I'm not going to harden my heart. Today, God, let me not harden my heart. You know what we struggle with more than anything else in life is selfishness. Selfishness. Always about me, my agenda, my plan. I had this bad experience in my life, and I'm not going to let that happen, and I'm going to be selfish enough to make sure that doesn't happen to me. Guess what? That's not how God wants you to be. That's hardening your heart when you do that. And God doesn't want you to be that way today. And then when tomorrow comes, he doesn't want you to be that way today when tomorrow comes. (laughs) He wants you to be selfless. Release everything and let God take control. Verse 8, it says, Then, for if Joshua had, had given them rest, and I'm not going to all the background here. It's talking about the children of Israel going into the promised land. And you might ask yourself, what's today's promised land? What does the promised land look to me today? I'll tell you what, it's a place of rest. That's what the promised land of God is for us today, is living in a restful spiritual, a state of spiritual restfulness and letting God fight your battles for you. That's what it is. That's the promised land. I, I, I'm going to say this. I think somebody had that question this week. What was, what's the promised land? That's your answer right there. That's your answer right there. It says um, in verse 9, There remains then, um, then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. It's there for you. For anyone who enters into God's rest also rests from their works. And the works here it's talking about, it's not a job. Let me tell you what, God wants you to go out and get a job. If you're able-bodied and you haven't, you know, you're, you're still within, you haven't reached retirement age, God wants you to go out and get a job. So this is not talking about kicking back and letting God take care of all your, no, no, no. God wants you to work. In fact, the Bible says, he who does not work does not eat. <laughs> I mean, the Bible's really confrontational about work ethic in it for the body of believers. He expects us to work. And so it's not talking about that, but it's talking from the works of the flesh, of trying to always make things happen, as I've already described, being a control freak, trying to, trying to control everything and, and move everything into your wanting and your liking. It says you can rest from that, and God will make things happen for you. The battle is the Lord's. Isn't that good news? That's why he calls it. This is, this is really good news. In verse 11, it says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter into that rest, so that no one perishes by following their example of disobedience. So speaking of the children of Israel, they got to that promised land, but they didn't enter in, even though God was saying, Come into my rest. Come into my abundant provision. Come into blessing. They said, No. Why? They had hard hearts. We can't afford to have a hard heart. But anyways, this rest is available to us every day. Every day. We need to pray today prayers. Give us this day our daily bread. God, help me to enter into your rest today. Help me to... Do you think God wants you to do that? Absolutely. Do you think he wants you to do it today? Absolutely. Pray that today prayer of rest. So that's an example. 
Now let me ask you, do you think God wants you to have love today? Yeah. Does he think, do, do you think he wants you to feel his love today? Absolutely. Let me ask you, do you think he wants you to have hope today and tomorrow and the next day and the following? Absolutely. Do you think he wants you to have peace today? Yes, he does. Do you think he wants you to be joyful and happy today? Absolutely he does. Do you think he wants you to be self-controlled today? For sure. Does he want you to be free and delivered from whatever's plaguing you today? Yes, absolutely. In fact, that, that scripture that says um, when you're tempted, uh, God will never tempt you beyond what you're able to bear but he will, God is faithful. It says God is faithful. He will provide a way to escape so that you may bear up under it. That's a daily prayer. That's a daily thing. That way to escape is not off a month from now. It's today. He wants to give you a way to escape from your trials, your temptations, your difficulties today. And then he's going to do it again tomorrow. And at some point in the future, it's going to be permanently taken out of your life. But it's a today prayer. It's a today prayer. Let me ask you, do you think he wants you to be confident today? Absolutely. Not self-confident, God-confident. That's a big difference. He doesn't, the whole self-image, oh, we, man, I want my kids to have a good self-image. No, I don't. I want them to have a good God image. <laughs> All right? The God image is what's going to make a difference in their life. The self-image is just going to ever be corrupted and crumble and destroy them. So I don't want them with a good self-image. I want them with a good God image. The Bible says we're to be conformed in the image of Christ, not conformed into the image of me. All right? So uh, we, God wants us to be joyful, peaceful. Do you think he wants you to have strength today? Absolutely. Does he want you to be encouraged today? Absolutely. Does he want you to be safe today? Yes. Does he want you to be blessed today? Yes, absolutely. Does he want you to have wisdom today? You better believe it. That list is pretty stinking long, and that was just my list. You start making your own list and ask yourself, does God want this today? And I bet, I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, Yes, 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 yes. Now, there's a situation where you say, well, I'm praying for my sick relative, all right? You've been talking about all this good stuff or talking about me, I'm sick. I want to, does God want to heal me today? Well, you know what? Maybe he's working on something inside of you and through that sickness, he's, he's cleaning some things out of your life and out of your mind. Maybe not today, but in the process, does he want you to have peace? yes. Does he want you to have joy in the midst of the process? Yes, absolutely. Does he want to bring a light to your eye and a light step to your, to your walk? And your Yes, absolutely. So I want to tell you a story. There's this guy, a real pretty well-to-do guy. He went down to Mexico to, uh, to go fish. And so he found this really nice deserted beach and uh, had all his gear with him. And he was fishing, and this, this old Hispanic fisherman came up beside him and said, hey, do you mind if, if I fish with you? Oh, absolutely, come on up. So they're fishing together, and, uh, and so the, the, the guy from, I think he was back from the northeast, he, uh, he looks at the Hispanic fisherman, he says, you got it, you know, where, where do you live? You got it pretty nice here, fishing every day like this. He says, oh, yeah, he points back over there, and it's kind of a 
shack back there that the guy lived in. And the uh, American guy said, oh, I just took a deep sigh. He says, man, I wish I could do that. That looks like the life, living in a shack and then going and fishing every day. <laughs> that would be awesome. And he said, well, why don't you do it then? He said, no, I got to go back to work. I'm off on two weeks of vacation. I got to go back, flying back here in about a week or so. And he said, well, why do you have to work? He said, well, I'm, you know, I, I got to earn some money to, to feed myself and my family and everything. He says, but, but why do you need money? So, well, you know, I'm saving up for retirement and eventually I want to be able to, you know, have a nice retired life. And he said, well, why do you want a retired life? He said, well, I want to come back here and fish. And he said, well, you can do that right now. <laughs> Here's the thing. Why do you want healing? Well, you want to have that sense of security that you know everything's going to be all right. God's saying, I'm giving you that security. Everything's going to be all right even before you see the healing. Do you see? You say, well, I, I want to have more money in the bank so that I can have my needs taken care of. Well, God says, I've already taken care of all your needs. All right? You see, we, we, we try to get all this huge circle to get peace, to get joy, to get confidence, to get blessing, to get freedom. And God's saying, I give it to you right here, right now. Just receive it. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? So we need to pray today prayers. You don't have to wait for that cycle to pan out. God wants to give you what you're asking for right here, right now. Just receive it. In fact, it says this in um, Mark eleven twenty four. It says, therefore, I tell you, Jesus speaking, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it. And I'll put in parentheses today, receive it right now in your heart and it will be yours. So these things, these today prayers can be yours every day, instantaneously, automatically, just receive, but begin to pray these today prayers. Here's some, here's some uh, really neat verses that, that, uh, that you can use to pray. In fact, tonight when we have service, we're just going to be taking these prayers and giving, the, giving us as a group collectively to pray these today prayers right here in church. So we get some practice. So you need practice. If, if you don't know how to do this, I can talk about it. And you go back Monday scratching your head. How does this work? We're going to do it tonight. I'm going to show you how to do it. All right. So Romans 15, 5. So you can just jot these down. These are things that can foster a today praying, praying mentality. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Jesus Christ had or that Christ Jesus had. There is a today prayer. Lord, today, give me endurance. This is Romans 15, 5. Lord, today, give me endurance. And God will give it to you. Right there. You asked a today prayer, God's going to give you endurance. You, you might be discouraged. You might be depressed. You might be overwhelmed. And so you say, today, Jesus, give me encouragement. And God's going to give you encouragement right there on the spot. Today prayers. You don't say, God, give me encouragement. No, God, give me encouragement today. Wow, that's a different way of living. That's a powerful way of living. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, a, a new favorite of mine. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, it says, uh, and that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So 
I don't know about you, sometimes I feel kind of dirty inside, all right? Something I did, something I said, something I thought, whatever it is. And you feel a little dirty inside, you say, today, Jesus, wash me. Today, Jesus, wash me and make me have that sense of cleanness, that spiritual cleanness. God will do it right then and there. Or you might say, God, I'm such a failure. (laughs) I always trip. I always make mistakes. I always do the same things. And so you say, today, Jesus, justify me. Today, Jesus, justify me. And he'll do it right then and there. Today prayers. I'll give you some other just real quick scriptures. That, and these are all in the readings. So you, you, you have them there as well. Isaiah 55, 12, it says, You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And the trees of the field will clap their hands. You say, I'm low on joy today. God, give me joy today. And God will give you joy. You say, I don't have a whole lot of peace. I'm in turmoil right now. God, give me peace today, Jesus. Give me peace today, and he'll give it to you. You see what I mean? Today prayers. I'll just read a couple of other scriptures. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, of peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He's made those available to you. He's just waiting for you to ask for them and be urgent about it. Psalm 71, 5. I love this one. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. I did a whole series on confidence a while back. I want to be confident. I want to live a confident life. I don't want to be worried about what people think about me. If I make a decision, I want to just go forward with the decision, not look back and be confident. God wants you to be confident as well. God confident. And it says here, David says, you've been my confidence since my youth. Where does my confidence come from? It comes from God. What I do? Ask God for confidence. He'll give it to you. And in fact, it says in, in 2 Timothy 1.7, he hasn't given you a spirit of disconfidence, of timidity, of fear. Stop being so shy and press forward and be bold for Jesus. Live a bold life. Stop worrying about what people think. Stop being scared all the time. Be confident. It says here he hasn't given it to you. He's given you a spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind. He doesn't want you to have mental illness. In fact, you say, Jesus, give me a spirit of a sound mind today, and he'll give it to you today. Start healing your mind. Praise God. Is everybody with me? You get this? Psalms 119.45, it says, I will walk about in freedom. (laughs) I'm going to be free today. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be bound down by my struggles. I want to be free today, Jesus. Help me to be free. He'll do it. Proverbs 133, I love this one. I stumbled across this one the other day. It says, whoever listens to me will live in safety. I can pray for safety today and God will keep me safe. Praise God. It goes on, it says, to be at ease. So if you're safe, you're, I'm at ese I'm chillaxing. (laughs) I'm all right. Everything's all right. All right, I'm at ease without fear of harm. Praise God. That's a Proverbs 133. Get that one and memorize that one. That's a good one. Colossians 2 2. It says, My goal is that they be, may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that there may be the full riches of complete understanding. There's several things that you can glean from this. If you have a dysfunctional family, people are fighting all the time. You say, Today, Jesus, unite them in love. 
You can, you can pray that prayer. God's going to answer that prayer today. Unite them in love. What are you going to do tomorrow morning when you get up? You're going to pray the same prayer. Today, Jesus, unite them in love. Because here's what I found about how we operate, especially watching my kids as they were growing up. We fall. What does a good parent do? Picks the kid back up. What, are the, what does the kid do after that? They fall again. How many times do they fall? A hundred, maybe a hundred thousand. My poor little girl, she was bruised all over her face because she had one gear. She'd get up and run into a wall, fall down. Not this girl, the other one. All right? What did I do as a good dad? Pick her up, turn her away from a wall, <laughs> and let her go again. That's what God does for you. That's why we have to pray the same thing over and over again because God's just picking them back up again. With your prayers, God will do it. If you don't pray, it may not happen. Don't leave it up to chance. Get with it and pray today prayers. All right, so that's number one. Number two, May prayers. May prayers. You say, what on earth is that? You just pray in May? What about June, July? It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some other kind of May here. If you look at John 17, 11, and if you have a Bible or you're looking at your phone to read the Bible, I encourage you to look at it with me this, this time, all right? I'm going to read several scriptures. John 17, 11, because you'll see what I'm talking about, not just hear it. It says, Jesus speaking, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. That means his disciples. I'm coming to you, Holy Father. So you see, oh, Jesus is praying here. He's praying. Protect them by the power of your name. He's praying May prayers. And here's the first one. The name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. All right, you say, well, that's good. That's just a one-off. No, it says it over and over again. Verse 13, I'm coming to you now. But I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Oh, there's another instance of it. Maybe we're on to something. Verse 19 of John 17. For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. You see, Jesus is setting an example of may prayers here that we need to follow. Verse, verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that they all may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. Whoa, Jesus is using this over and over and over again. Why haven't I been doing this? A good question. I don't know. I never noticed this before. It says, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 22, I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. As I was reading this, this was probably about two or three weeks ago. I was like, wow, I never noticed this before. Have you ever done that before you read? You've read something a million times in the Bible and then you read it for the, it's like the first time. And, and what that is, by the way, that's the Holy Spirit coming in and making the word come alive to you so that it, it can help you, it can mean something to you. So when that happens, don't just brush by it. Spend some time on it, chew on it, thinking about it. So let, let's put this into perspective. Um, when I was five, we came back to the United States, and I would play outside. We had a you know, normal neighborhood, and I would ask my mom, can I go outside? And she'd say, yes, you may, or 
no, you may not. I don't remember her using that precise word, but that was the point of it. You may or you may not. When she said you may, guess what I did? I ran for that door as fast as I could, ran out and got with my friends and did whatever we were, you know, played around, whatever. But if she said you may not, I didn't go out. See, the word may is a very powerful, it's a word of authority. You may or you may not is a word of authority. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's something that basically permits you to do something or disallows you from doing something. So going back to our scripture of last week, Matthew 16, 19, these, this is loosing and binding. This is loosing and binding language right here. And as you pray, you can begin to pray the same way. We can pray for Tony. Or was it Tony? I'm sorry. What was your son's name again? Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. We can pray for Tommy. May he not do that anymore. Or may he do this in the name of Jesus. You start praying this way, it's powerful. Uh, I, so let's look at Matthew 16, 19. It says, I will give you, Jesus speaking to his disciples, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind, that means to per- you don't permit, you may not do this, on earth is already bound in heaven. So God says, this may not happen. This may not happen, and he's waiting for us here on earth, a family of believers, to say, you're right, God, this may not happen. I'm not going to allow it. I'm just not going to allow it anymore. I'm not going to allow it in my life, and I'm not going to allow it in my sphere of influence. And if it's votable, I'm going to vote against it too. I'm not going to permit this. It may not happen. Or on the flip side, it says, uh, whatever you loose on earth will already have been loosed in heaven. So there's certain things God permits. Not not in a loose fashion. He permits you to have peace. Now, are you going to permit it to to the peace to be in your life? Are you going to loose it in your life? Or are you going to say, it may not. I may not have peace, even though God has loosed it in heaven. And so you just, spend the rest of your life with no peace in your life. You know, whatever God says may happen, let you say it may happen as well. All right? So let me give you several examples here, and then we'll end with this. Matthew 21, 19. Jesus is walking along the road. He sees a fig tree on the road. He goes up to it, but finds no fruit, only leaves. He says to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the tree began to wither. May you never bear fruit again. It's a word of authority. And it's a word that we just kind of pass over. I have never even noticed it before, quite honestly. We need to begin to pray may may prayers. May my child begin to do better in school in the name of Jesus. God's permitting it. Now it's my turn to begin to permit it. I'll use poor Jessica as an example. May God give her the plane ticket that she needs in the name of Jesus. It's a May prayer, all right? God hears those prayers, and as I've been praying those prayers, they're easy. <laughs> you know, I used to think binding and loosing. In the name of Jesus, I bind this. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. But when you start praying May prayers, you're just flowing with the Spirit of God. Lord, may they have joy in the name of Jesus. Boom, it's going to happen, you know? Lord, may that marriage be put back together in the name of Jesus. Boom. God's going to start working right then and there. You know what? God, in the name of Jesus, uh, was it Jared Hilda that's having the headaches or 
Jason. May Jason's headaches be gone in the name of Jesus. May, may, may. I'm loosening things on earth as they've already been loosed in heaven. Isn't that powerful? Praise God. Let's look at just a couple of other scriptures. I've got more scriptures than I'm going to read, but they're all on our reading sheet. So I'm just going to start flying through them. Luke 1.3. Again, you don't even have to write them down because they're all on the reading sheet. Luke 1.3. With this mind, since I myself carefully investigated everything from the beginning, this is Luke speaking, I too decided to write an orderly account to you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. What did Luke do? He wrote the book of Luke and Acts to this guy named Theophilus, and he did it so that Theophilus would be allowed to know with certainty the things that he had been taught. Let me tell you what, for people that are doubting, God, are you real? Do you exist? I don't know. In the name of Jesus, may they know with certainty. May they know with certainty, without a shadow of a doubt, that's a powerful May prayer. Luke 12, uh, 8, 12. Uh, There's a, a parable that Jesus gave of, of a sower sowing seed. Some sowed seed along the path that was packed down. And these birds would swoop down and pick up the seed so that it couldn't take root. And Jesus is explaining that. He said, that's the devil that comes down, takes the word out of their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. Well, if the devil is binding these people from knowing the truth, we need to begin to loose them to know the truth and put that seed back in there and maybe take uh, something to break up that fallow ground. Let me tell you what. The Bible says to speak the truth in love. It's time for us to start speaking the truth in love. If we have, if I see a hard heart, if I see a hard area in my own heart, it needs to start being broken up May it be broken up so that the seed can get in there and be planted. That's a May prayer right there. Um, I, I can't go over all of these. There's just loads of them. But Luke 11, 33 says, No one lights a lamp and puts it in its place. Uh, excuse me, I'm reading too fast. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will not be, where it can, is hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in may see the light. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to start opening up. I'm going to be a royal priesthood, a chosen kingdom of priests. I'm going to be different so that the world can see the light of Jesus in my life. I'm not going to blend in with people. I'm going to be who God's called me to be, that they may see God in me. So it's not just praying, it's also some doing here. Luke 21, 36, it says, Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of God. We don't have to go through a fraction of the suffering that we put ourselves through. We don't have to. If It says here, if we would watch and pray, we may be able to escape much of the suffering that other people are going to end up going through. That's unbelievable. This is, this is really a good one right here. Luke twenty two thirty two. 32. It says Jesus is praying for Simon Peter because he knows he's about to get thrashed. He says, I pray for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. May not fail. Man, 
let's start praying for people that way. God, help their faith not to fail them. Instead, we pray, God, help them to get out of prison. God, help them not to get on drugs. Help them not to do this. Get rid of all that detail and start praying, God, in the name of Jesus, may their faith not fail them. That's awesome. We don't have to be quite so specific. And I used to always pray, as recent as two weeks ago, God, let them not do this. God, help them not do that. Help them. And it's exhausting prayers. But I pray in the name of Jesus, may their faith not fail them. Praise God. That's, that's the kind of may prayers we need to be praying. There's tons and tons of scripture with this, this concept in it. I'm not going to read them all. Um, in fact, I'll stop right there. But you get the point. Come tonight if you can. We're going to practice this. You're going to put it into practice and in a very relaxed, worshipful atmosphere and see if God doesn't start moving powerfully in the situations that you're praying for. 